Welcome to Page by Page, the podcast. My name is Paige, and I'm thrilled that you've decided to join me on this journey, not only to becoming a podcaster, but also sharing my ramblings on a variety of topics. In a way, each episode is like a new entry into my own personal journal. You never know what I'll be talking about from week to week. Thank you for tuning in. Happy reading, happy living, and happy listening. Hey everyone, just a quick note before this podcast episode starts, I want to apologize in advance because there are some times in the episode where my mic interferes with something, so um, I do apologize in advance for that, but I hope you like the episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Page by Page. My name is Paige, and I am your host, and I'm so excited to share another one of my ramblings with you. Last episode, I hinted at what I would be talking about this week by saying I would explain why I had to read a book before seeing its movie. That being said, today we are talking about my weird reading rules. Now, I can't be the only one who has a ton of strange book-related rules, can I? Okay, well, maybe I am, but when it comes to books and reading those books, I just have a couple rules that I always tend to follow. Um, I've kind of just developed them over the years. So if I'm being honest, I like to follow them, but I also really like to try to make other people follow them as well because they make sense to me. They seem like they are logical and they should be followed by everyone. So here's my list of 15 weird reading rules that I follow and so should you. Number one, set a yearly reading goal. This is honestly the first thing I do every new year. So you better believe that on January 1st of every year, the first thing I do is sit down with my journal and I make myself goals, not resolutions, um, for the year. One of those goals is always how many books I want to read that year. So what I usually do is I look at my goal from the previous year and I set my goal based on how many books I read or maybe how many I failed to read. Generally, if I met my goal the previous year, I up it by maybe even just one book. This year, though, I actually decreased my goal, even though I met it. Um, In 2019, my goal was to read 55 books, and I met that. But it was a lot. Um, And at times, I was really stressed about it. And I noticed that I was avoiding reading longer books and ones that maybe would take a little more time to digest or that were a little more complex because... I wanted to get my 55 books in. So I knew that this year I wanted to decrease that a little bit. I went with 52, which is just about one book per week if you average it out. I mean, it is one book per week, but I don't realistically read one book a week. But um, so I went into this goal knowing that it was okay if I didn't meet it and that really I wanted to focus on what I was reading versus how much I was reading. Because if I'm reading 52 books in a year, but none of them challenge the way I think or make me confused or curious or, you know, just stimulate my brain in certain ways, then I feel like it's, it's kind of wasteful. Um, not that I don't read Books that are just fun reads that aren't really challenging, simulating. Um, 
but I wanted to throw a couple more of those in there this year. So I knew it was okay if I didn't meet it, but I wanted to focus on what I was reading. Now, what I will say about this rule is it is not necessarily one that I push on people. Um, even though I say set a yearly reading goal, even if that's to read two books that year, it's still a goal. And then maybe that's two more books than you would have read the year before. But don't do this. Um, don't set this goal if it will make reading less fun. Um, if it will make you avoid reading books you could learn from because you think they might take too much time, um, just don't do it or adjust the way that you do it. Um, I do it because the goal encourages me to read more than normally I would without setting a goal. Um, it can be very easy for me throughout the year to kind of push reading to the back burner, especially when I'm super busy. And um, I'll get into to how I make time for reading in a little bit in one of my other goals. But first one, set a yearly reading goal. Number two, make a list of books that you want to read that year. So after I set my reading goal for the year, I then make a list of possible books that I want to read. Um, in reality, this rule just kind of stems from the fact that I really, really like making lists. Um, you'll notice that as we continue, but lists are very calming and um, I really don't know the right word for them, but they make me feel calm and organized and prepared. So um, they just bring me joy making lists. Sometimes I'll just sit down and make lists of things. Um, that sounds a little weird, but it's it's not. Trust me, lists are helpful. But um, anyway, one perk of this list is that it can help you save time when you finish one book and you're trying to figure out what you want to read next. So I think I mentioned in the last podcast that I usually... Um, kind of just feel out what I want to read next. I might be in like a group of reading certain type of books. I might already know what book I want to read next or what type of book I want to read next. But in the event that I am kind of at a loss for what I want to read, I can go back to my list and say, um, you know, what, what sounds like a, a good book right now? Is there anything that I'm feeling led to read? Um, and another reason that I like to make this list is that it's really satisfying to highlight or mark off the book as you read it. So, um, I like making lists and I also like checking things off of them. Um, so you're going to notice throughout this whole thing that I just really like to make lists and I can't help it. Um, rule number three. Keep a running list of books you have read. So guess what? We have another list. So because of this love of lists, I have kept a list of every book I've read since 2014. I have individual um, notes in the section, the notes section of my phone that has the year and what books I read. I also have a journal that's specifically for documenting what books that I've read each year. And... In my journal, I also um, keep the list of books that I want to read. So at the end of the year, I go through and do a quick symbol rating of the books I've read. So like an asterisk means that I would recommend it. 
the circle with the line through it. I don't know exactly what's that called, what that is called, but, um, I do that next to books that I didn't like or I wouldn't recommend. And a heart is for my favorite or favorites multiple from that year. Rule number four is to make time daily for reading. My day-to-day life gets pretty busy at times. Um, I teach, um, I'm going to be teaching this year in the middle of a pandemic. So, um, going to be much more challenging than normal. I also help lead Young Life in my county. I work with an online ministry called Intentional Filling, where I am on the leadership team and a blog contributor for their online book Bible studies. I sell Beauty Counter. I am a dog mom, and these are just naming a few of the things that I have committed to. So reading can really easily get pushed to the back burner, but I try to make it a habit to devote at least 15 minutes a day to reading. Now, you'll never believe this, but I make a to-do list almost every day. And on this to-do list are tasks that I want to complete at home or at work. So I usually just put 15 minutes of reading on that list and it's really um, held me accountable to make sure that I'm reading those 15 minutes a day. So typically I read right before going to bed, but lately I've been getting up a little earlier and been doing my reading in the morning with my coffee. And I have begun to prefer the latter for the peace and relaxation that it provides. It kind of starts my morning off right. I generally will wake up, I will drink my coffee, um, I will watch an episode, the new episode of Good Mythical Morning by Rhett and Link. And then I will turn the TV off. I will read my Bible. I will do some journaling. And then I will read a chapter or 15 minutes of a book. I just started noticing that reading right before bed kind of felt more like a task that I needed to check off my list. Because there were nights that I was just exhausted by the time I got to go to bed. And I felt guilty going to bed without reading. And I just kind of dreaded it at times. So I wanted to switch it up and make sure that reading was staying fun and enjoyable. I apologize for the squeaky toys in the background. One of my dog Millie's favorite things to do is to put toys underneath a blanket and then try to play with it that way. And then she loses them on the floor. So that's what you're hearing in the background of this podcast. So you're welcome. But, um, yeah, so whatever time of the day works for you, just try and devote at least 15 minutes of it to reading. Rule number five is that you can use just about anything as a bookmark. Literally, anything you find can be used as a bookmark. Lately, some of the things that I have used as bookmarks, um, I use old receipts a lot. I have used pictures, um, invitations, pieces of scrap paper, wrappers from like gum or like a candy or um, cough drop. I have used paper clips and recently I even used a band-aid, not used in its package. I want to clarify that it was an unused one, Um, but I had been using it as a, a bookmark. So there's always something lying around that can be used to mark your page in your book. Um, bookmarks are all always a good choice obviously and um, there goes the toy again but anyway this rule 
leads me to rule number six, which is never, under any circumstance, dog ear the pages of a book. When you are dog earing the pages of your book, it creates creases in the pages, and if you fold them down enough, those pieces of pages will eventually break off, and you are ruining your books, people. You can use just about anything as a bookmark. Anything. So please, if you only take one of these rules and follow them, follow rule number six, never dog ear the pages of a book. For the good of humanity, get a bookmark, get a piece of paper, get an old receipt. I know you've got them. Now, I want to preface rule number seven and ask that you not come at me because these are my rules and I can make them what I want. So rule number seven is that highlighting and note taking in a book are allowed and encouraged. And I know that this one seems contradicting. Dog earring pages is prohibited, but I can write in them as much as I want. Yes. So let me explain. There is really good reason behind this guideline. So when I highlight and write inside a book, I'm adding my thoughts, my opinions. I'm marking the parts that I thought were interesting, that spoke to me, that I enjoyed, um, that made me think. So when I go back and I reread it or someone else reads it, we have this glimpse into how this book was important to me when I read it at a different time in my life. Um, I like to see how my thoughts and opinions and perspectives change over time when I read it. And um, if I allow you to borrow one of my books, which we'll get to later on, I encourage you to write in them. Underline parts that you found interesting and just put your initial next to them so that I know um, what you thought when you were reading it as well. So... Um, one of my favorite things to find and mark in uh, books is where the title makes sense. So it may just be a statement by one of the characters, but it shows why the author named it what they did. Um, so if there's anybody else who does that or who likes to mark in their books, make sure to reach out to me and let me know what you do. Rule number eight. Don't stop reading a book until I reach the end of a chapter. This is really just a personal preference. Um, stopping mid-chapter is frustrating for me because I want to feel like I've reached the end of something before I stop reading. And when I stop only partly into a chapter, it's harder for me to pick back up reading the next time because, um, you know, a lot of things could happen in my brain before then and I'll honestly just end up re restarting that chapter. Um, so for this reason, books with really long chapters or no chapters at all, um, which those are not my favorite, can be really difficult for me to read. Um, it's harder to find that stopping spot that makes my brain happy. Um, so this is just how my brain works. Um, you can let me know what you prefer by reaching out to me on my Instagram at P-A-G-E by P-A-I-G-E 123. That is at page by page 123 or on my Facebook page, which is page by page. Rule number nine, never watch the movie before reading the book. Now, I did reference this in a previous podcast and Honestly, this is one of the most important guidelines that I follow. 
having the ending of a book spoiled for me is devastating almost. I know that that's a very extreme dramatized word for that feeling, but I love the surprise of finding out what happens at the end of a book. So even though the the movie may not play out exactly how the book does, um, I still would prefer to read the book and then watch the movie so that I can compare them. Now, if I know that the book has a movie, I will always read it before I watch the movie. Um, but there have been times where I've watched a movie and didn't realize that it was a book or I've watched a TV show and didn't realize it. And I try to go back and reread those. Um, well, not reread them, try to read them so that I can compare um, how well the movie did the book justice. So um, another reason I do this is because sometimes the movies that are created based on the books are absolutely horrid. There have been movies that completely changed the plot or the ending, people. Um, changed character names, things um, that happened in the book that I felt were important to the plot or that gave the plot a another level, which was really awesome. They take them out. I know that when you make a book into a movie, there are going to be changes. I know that it's not possible to keep everything exactly the way it wouldn't work well in that type of media. Um, you have to adjust the book to fit the screen. I know that. But there have been some extremely unnecessary changes and even just ridiculously extreme changes that I can't stand for. For example, I will say that you might get a couple spoiler alerts in this section just on some um, books or movies. I'm not, I, I try not to give spoiler alerts, but there are some little pieces of these movies that I'm going to mention. But I read The Silver Linings Playbook and I really, really liked the book. And then I was so excited because I had the movie. I immediately finished it, the, the book, and then started watching the movie. And I will forever be livid at how they made that movie. If you have watched this movie and not read the book, I suggest that you do that like now. The book was so good and there was just this this twist in it that was awesome to read. I don't even know how to describe it, but it was just a really good plot twist and the movie completely ignored that. So I will never watch Silver Linings Playbook movie again, but I will reread the book. So highly recommend reading that book and avoiding the movie at all costs. I knew that this part was going to make me angry and I understand that it's kind of dramatic to be this angry about things, but the book and the movie of My Sister's Keeper, I don't know if any of you have read and watched or read or watched either of these, but the movie completely changed the ending. This is not okay. Hollywood, I'm talking to you. Stop changing the ending of movies unless it makes it a better ending, which sometimes I can get behind, but usually not. So, Hollywood, stop it. I have also listened to the book The Mountain Between Us, and I really liked that book. I listened to it on a trip to um, Alexandria, Virginia 
ooh, probably two years ago at this point, and I have heard that the movie makes some pretty drastic changes, and I've been I've been avoiding watching it. So maybe one day, but it'll probably just add it to the list of movies that I don't like because the book was better. The book is always better, people. Okay, so Allegiant, the third Divergent movie. Um, that one doesn't even deserve being talked about. It was awful. But um, enough ranting about horrible movie adaptations of books, and it's time to move on to the next rule, which I've just labeled as the audiobook rule. And it's, again, more of like a guideline, and it is divided into three different parts. So I know that some people claim that listening to an audiobook is not considered reading. I don't agree with that statement. Um, As an educator, I know that there are students and individuals who comprehend better listening than they do um, reading books. And you're still consuming that book no matter what method you are using. Um, But that being said, I don't prefer to listen to audiobooks because I'm a more visual person. I like to physically read the book to help me comprehend what it's saying. Um, I also like to mark up my books, so you can't do that with an audiobook. When it comes to audiobooks, for personal preference, I set three guidelines. Um, I will only listen to an audiobook if it meets one of these three criteria. If I am following along with the audio audiobook using a physical book, if it is not the first time I am reading a book, so for example, Harry Potter, I could listen to any of the Harry Potter books on audiobook because I've read them multiple times and I know what they are. I know what they are about. Um, And the third one is if the book is read by the author, especially if it is like an autobiography or a memoir. When it comes to audiobooks, I know that Audible is a big app to use, but I recommend using the app Overdrive. It was introduced to me by a friend. And so if your public library is associated with this um, app, you can sign up in the app using your library card, and then you can check out audiobooks for free. And um, this is all I used to listen to audiobooks. I did download a free, um, I don't know if you can hear the dog panting, but I did download a free uh, book from Audible, which was Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, just because I wanted to listen to him tell me his story, and I will always recommend that one to you. If um, you want to use Audible, that would be a great first book to get. But unfortunately, Overdrive didn't have it, so I used Audible. Number 11 is never buy a book with the movie tie-in cover. I think you've kind of got an understanding of how I feel about um, movies that were adapted from books. Again, this is just a personal preference, as I prefer the original book cover to the movie one 99.9% of the time. I didn't say 100% of the time because I didn't want to be mean. So, really, it's 100%. So, I I ended up being mean anyway. But, um, I would just rather have the original book cover. I don't like movie tie-in covers. I wish that they would go away. Um, I've purchased a few of them, but only if, like, I found the book on clearance. Or I found it at a yard sale Um, or I just got a really good deal on a book and I couldn't pass it up, but 
it was unfortunately the movie tie-in cover because the content inside is still the same. I need to stop judging the book by its cover, I know, but these are my rules and I will make them what I want. Rule number 12, always take the dust jacket off of your book while you're reading it. Don't get me wrong, I do like the look of dust jackets, but I just don't think that they're practical. I usually buy paperback books when I can um, because I don't want to deal with the dust jacket. I really wish that hardcovers would just have the images printed directly on the book or just have like a fancy title on the book because I usually just end up putting the dust cover on the shelf where I got the book from while I read it because I don't want them to get ruined. So um, I will not carry a dust cover around with me. It will stay on my bookshelf, generally where I pulled the book from, so that I know where to put it when I put it back. Number 13, buy a book over borrowing whenever possible. Now, I know that this isn't financially responsible. Um, there are lots of wonderful places you can support your local library. You can borrow books from friends because I, like you, I'm not always financially able to purchase books for myself and I don't have the physical space because I haven't moved into my dream home yet. I don't have my two-story library. I don't have the space for all the books that I read. So I do borrow books, but I like to mark my books up. So I like to have my own versions of them, even if I read it once and then realize, you know, this isn't my favorite book. I will donate it to the library or donate it um, to a place that it can be resold to other people um, at a cheaper price. Or I'll give it to a friend if I know a friend really wants it. Number 14, I must trust you with my life in order to trust you with my books. I very rarely lend out books. Um, you can ask my aunt. I, she asked to borrow my Harry Potter book, which is my Harry Potter series is original. Sorry, the dogs are being super loud today. Um, I didn't lock myself in my recording studio, but my Harry Potter books are original to when I had them in elementary school. They're very well loved. They, I think Chamber of Secrets has broken in half. Um, they are the hardcovers. And I do have a, a paperback version in my classroom library that I could use to read, um, which I do tend to, to read them. If I'm rereading, I read the paperback versions. But I don't let my Harry Potter books leave my house. I don't trust anybody with them. So when my Aunt Lee asked me to read them, um, to borrow them, I just ordered her the Sorcerer's Stone from Amazon and sent it to her house. <laughs> so, um, that's really, I don't lend those books out, but I have to really trust you to trust you with my books. I have been burned in the past because some of my books have never made their way back home. Um, but you know, I am very strict about who I let borrow my books. So if I've let you borrow books, you should feel special because you are. And if I've let you borrow books and you haven't returned them, you should reevaluate the way you live your life. Not really, just kidding. <laughs> but 
Um, if for real, if you borrowed a book from me and you haven't returned it, you're welcome to return it anytime. No questions asked. But one of the coolest things, because I don't generally lend out my books, um, but when I do, I want people to know that they're mine. I bought a personalized stamp that says from the library of page and it's the best thing I ever purchased. All of my books at home, my books in my classroom, they're all stamped. So the owner knows who it belongs to. Um, highly recommend. I can't remember offhand where I ordered that from, but you could just Google personalized book stamps or personalized stamps and you'll be able to find them. We have finally made it to weird reading rule number 15, which is always carry a book with you. You never know when you'll have a point in your day where you have nothing to do. Now, normally you would spend this time on Facebook, on TikTok, on some other social media app, but if you had a book with you, you could be productive during this time. You will no longer have a thing called wasted time because when you have a little bit of time, you can read. Um, so for this reason, I always keep a book with me. I think that I got this trait from my grandma Carol because she always has a book with her. She reads it whenever she has a free moment. Back when my brother played college basketball, she and I would come to the games with our books so that we could read them during timeouts and halftime. Something to consider if you do decide to follow this rule um, would be purchasing some sort of book protector. For Christmas, I got two book sleeves from the Etsy shop Fabric Bound, all one word. Um, it's just like a cushioned fabric sleeve that you put your books down into. So if I put it in my, my school bag, if I put it in my purse, um, it protects your books. So I love mine. I highly recommend them. And you could find them on many different Etsy sites. You can make them if you're crafty enough. Um, but I would definitely check into those. There you have it, friends. Those are my 15 weird reading rules. Go to my most recent Instagram post or send me a direct message and let me know what weird reading rules you have. I would love to connect with you. You can find me on Instagram at P-A-G-E by P-A-I-G-E 123 at page by page 123 or on Facebook at page by page. Thank you for taking time to listen to me today and I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye y'all.